So good morning, listeners, and welcome to Sacred Space 102FM, which is a Come and See Inspirations production being produced here in our Come and See studio here in Ada. And this, the 17th of May, it's the sixth Sunday of Easter. My name is John Keeley, and we help me to present the programme again this morning, Shane Ambrose. Good morning to you, Shane. Good morning, John. How are we doing? Not so bad. And, you know, I was just thinking there when I was reading that out, the sixth Sunday of Easter, isn't it flying? Definitely. Yeah, anyway, we're almost at, almost at the other end of Easter. We are. And I suppose the chocolates are still being eaten nowadays. But you reminded us a few weeks ago, we got all these 50 days. Well, we're, we're, we're entitled to the 50 days of chocolate. Now, I have to say, I'm not exactly. Yeah, 50 days of chocolates, I have enough problems. But anyway. So, again, we want to also welcome our listeners who are housebound and lonely and struggling, especially these days. And our listeners who support us each week in prayer. And thank you again for all that support because I'm still meeting people around the area who tell me that they are listening to our programs at various times, whether that be Sunday morning, Sunday evening, or the rows of reflections during the week. And it's given them some hope and given them some inspiration. So thanks a lot for passing on that message. Our program, of course, is broadcast mainly on West Limit 1 or 2 FM at 10 a.m. and 11 p.m. each Sunday. And the podcast of this and all Sacred Space programs. I just some of the Come and See Inspiration podcasts that are available for playback and download at Come and See Inspiration's podcast page. So do have a podcast page. Basically, basically what this is, all of our programs we put up on the internet. If you want to get it, just really, uh, the official name is Come and See Inspirations.buzzsprout.com. But really, if you, if you just Google Come and See Inspirations, you'll get us there. If you're on Spotify or iTunes or Google Podcasts or other platforms, you'll be able to get us there again by, by searching Come and see inspirations. You can contact us and please do uh, by text on 87 or email come and see inspirations at gmail.com. So again, the text 87 or email come and see inspirations at gmail.com. Now, Shane, you might want to share a few thoughts for the week. Come in with us, please. Sure, John. Just before I do that, uh, just to say to people as well, just to keep an eye out uh, for notices and the news and the media. Um, So with the beginning of kind of things being changed in terms of restrictions and so on and so forth, um, there will be announcements about the accessibility to churches and things like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But also for just people to be conscious of well as well, um, that if you still have your trocra box, um, just to keep an ear out or an eye out for the newspapers or for the media because they will be doing how to get that in and that to be given into Trokra to continue their great work overseas. Because, of course, COVID-19 isn't just affecting Europe and America and China. It's affecting countries in Africa um, you know, that have less resources to be able to deal with things like this. Um, so uh, then the other thing is just also just to remind people as well, while it's, you know, it can be very tight and, tr- and challenging for people at the moment financially, just to bear in mind as well that when things do reopen, we will need to contribute to our parishes uh, and also, of course, to the support of the clergy of the diocese as well, just to keep that in the back of your heads um, just as, you, as you're going through. Now, John, you asked for what was on for this week. So we, as you said... We are in the sixth, today's the sixth Sunday of Advent, so we're in the sixth week of Easter. Sorry, sorry, today's the sixth Sunday of, of, of Easter even. So we're in the sixth week of Easter. So for those of us praying the Psalter, we're on week two. Um, 
So, looking ahead, uh, there's not a whole lot of major saints this week. Nothing, nothing significant. Uh, no, what we call um, heavy hitters. Heavy hitters, so yeah. But we'll, mm. we'll go through them. So, the first one is John, St. John the First. He was a pope, and he's famous because he was one of the first popes to travel to the city of Constantinople, which is now modern-day Istanbul. And he was, it was, he was famous for doing it because he uh, combated the Aryan heresy at the time. But at the time that he was pope, uh, it was the Visigoths that were in charge of this Italy, uh, ruled Italy, and they were Aryans, so they, they denied the divinity of Christ. Uh, so anyway, he, he was imprisoned for defending the, the faith, and he died in 526. Then, um, sorry, the, the, the important thing about him going to Constantinople is just the relationship between Constantinople and Rome over the years has been slightly, um, over the centuries, has been slightly strained. That was the important thing about that, in case people are wondering what's the point of that. So then on, uh, then on the 19th of, <clears throat> excuse me, on the 19th of May, we celebrate the feast day of another pope called Celestine the Fifth. Now, you've kind of gone, why, who, or what's he, or what's the so special about him? Well, now, it's an interesting one, because Celestine V was the last pope to resign the office of St. Peter the, before Benedict XVI. Uh, he was an Italian hermit, a monk, and he lived up a mountain, and at the time he was giving out, there was, a, there, there was a conclave going on to elect the new pope, and it was going on for two years. So he went to Rome to give out to the cardinals, and they basically turned around and landed him in the job. Uh, he survived as pope for about six months, realized he was making a complete and utter hames of it, and offered his resignation as Pope, which the Cardinals immediately accepted. And then the problem was then for the last 10 months, once he resigned, his successor was one of the Benedicts. And uh, once he resigned, he was basically kept imprisoned for uh, the last t periods of his life, uh, which was about 10 months. Now, the other, int or the other interesting thing about it is, or sorry, his successor was Boniface, and um, he, he was buried in the city of, I need to get this right, John, Aquilia, which is in Italy. Now, the reason why that might ring a bell with people is, you might remember a couple of years ago, there was a very bad earthquake in Italy, and the city of, a city of Aquilia was badly hit. So then when Pope Francis went to visit the city and he went to visit the remains of Celestine V, um, it was one of the few things that was actually left unscathed in the cathedral. And you might remember that at the time, Pope Benedict put his pallium, that's the, the cloth that goes around his shoulders like a little scarf. So he, lay, he left his pallium on Celestine V's grave. So people were always, I've been wondering since, uh, you know, because of that, at the time, even then, was he contemplating uh, re resigning from being Pope um, so as we know, which happened subsequently. But anyway, so that's Celestine V. He's on the 19th. On Tuesday, sorry, Wednesday the 20th, with the feast day of St. Bernardine of Siena, famous Franciscan saint, famous very much so as um, he's a patron saint against chest problems, respiratory problems. He's the patron saint of public relations personnel. Uh, he's the patron saint uh, for those that work in advertising. Very much a charismatic preacher, 
Uh, Thousands of people used to flock to hear him and to participate in kind of bonfires of the vanities and things like that. He was a renowned peacemaker, particularly in Renaissance Italy. And his preaching visits would often result in in culminate in mass reconciliations. It's how it's described. Anyway, St. Bernardine of Siena, he died in, I'll get you a date in a second, 1444. And he's famous, sorry, that was it. He's famous for promoting devotion to the Holy Name and to St. Joseph. So that's St. Bernardine of Siena, Franciscan saint on Wednesday. Thursday, then, we have the feast days of uh, Saints Christopher Magellanes and Companions, otherwise known as the Cristero the Cristero Martyrs. So these are martyrs of the Mexican Civil War, died after, between 1920 and 1925. There'd been a civil war in Mexico. There had been numerous revolutions as part of the civil war. Eventually, there was a new constitution passed in 1917, which was very anti-clerical. It kind of basically shut down churches, took away the schools, kicked out priests, just shut down religious orders so there it resulted in a revolution in northern in northern mexico in which uh, the, the government of the time fought back they killed about you know 500 priests or so they were known as the cristeros the cristeros so uh cristero uh, you know cristeros was the name cristero obviously from the from the spanish for christ um so that was the cristero rebellion so the cristero martyrs are celebrated on the 21st of may and finally, John, then, Friday is the 22nd. It's the feast day of St. Rita of Cassia. Uh, she was married for 18 years, and her husband was a brute, basically, by the sound of it. And uh, He ended up actually being murdered for his troubles. So Rita then entered an Augustinian convent in Cassia. And actually, she's a famous saint in terms of, uh, obviously, uh, wives that have suffered. Uh, patron saint against loneliness, sterility, Um also patron saint of desperate causes and difficult marriages so uh you know given the tr- you know difficult times uh the people have at the moment she's also patron saint of widows um uh it, it, it was an interesting one as well that she is she was supposed to have lived 40 years in the convent she was very much devoted to the passion and she is supposed to have received a wound on the front of her head which was supposed to have been caused by her experiencing the crown of thorns so when you see paintings of her it often shows her dressed in a black habit and you can see one thorn on her forehead symbolizing uh, the belief that that's that's what happened and in the last four years of her life she li- she survived a nothing less than the holy eucharist finally john saturday is the feast day of saint Gobin govena um, the Irish saint associated with County Kildare or County Carlow, and that's pretty much all we know about him. That's the celestial guys for this week. Thanks, Shane. Just one comment there on Saint Rita of Cassia. Actually, in the Augustinian Church in Limerick, there is an altar dedicated on yes. the right hand side, Saint Rita yes, of Cassia. So it, she's she's um, she's above. She's between on. She's between Padre Pio Pretty and well. Saint Augustine. You'll be there too. Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> so at this point of the program we might pray a spiritual communion prayer we're coming towards the end of the first part here a spiritual communion prayer um, this is the best way to, of course to receive Jesus is in Holy Communion at Mass yet for those times you can't get to Mass and we all can't these days you can still reach out to him by making a spiritual communion prayer and this is the prayer we always pray every, every morning in the program 
My Jesus, I desire to receive you into my soul, since I cannot now receive you sacramentally, come spiritually into my soul. I embrace you as already there. I unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. So now we'll go out for our first bit of music um, this morning. Beautiful piece, uh, version of Ave Maria. This is sung by Liam Lawton and Rosine O'Reilly. So join us again in part two where we have special guest um, Martina Lahan Sheehan and her husband Pat. Join us again in part two. So welcome back again to the second part of Sacred Space. My name is John Keeley, still joined by Shan Ambrose on the other end of the Skyplan. And again, it's a delight, for, a delight for us to welcome back again on to the programme. First of all, Martina Lahan Sheehan, and this time with her husband, Pat Sheehan. Good morning to you. Hello, John. How are things? Good, Good morning to you both. Thanks a lot for joining us this morning. Uh, at this time, and these uncertain times, and, and very important to share and to be together and support each other as best we can, and that's why we invited. Yeah, that's why I invited you guys on this morning, maybe to share something with us that might relate to these uncertain times, but also maybe relate to the time, the liturgical time of the year when, as you said before, we're between Easter and Pentecost. And uh, I believe you're going to centre a little reflection for us around, I think you've entitled it, Watching the Signs of the Spirit. Yeah, yeah, listening for the Spirit and aligning ourselves with uh, with the movements of the Spirit in our lives. 
Okay, mm. listen, thank you very much indeed. We're, we're all ears. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, we never thought we'd find um, in 2020, I suppose, journeying towards Pentecost in, in circumstances such as these. And uh, yes, uh, they're the only, these are the only times we have. We can't look back at the moment. We can't look forward. We just have to be in this um, unusual time and try and enter into it and to listen for um, promptings of the, of the Spirit. And I suppose, you know, things that we thought were dependable, uh, things in our worries that we thought were uh, permanent, and dependable have kind of crumbled a bit and the carpet has been pulled from under us in, in so many ways. And um, I think the invitation might be there to just really uh, land into this space and listen deeply together to see uh, what the spirit's doing and uh, where is the, the um, spirit stirring for us. Um, so the couple of lines of the gospel uh, there that we're reflecting on uh, John 14, uh, 15 to, to 21. And we're told, you know, and I won't read the whole gospel other than to just talk about a couple of lines in it. And, you know, there's a reference to, um, I, I shall ask the Father and he will give you another parity to be with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world can never accept since it neither sees nor knows him. But you know him because he is with you he is in And there's something very powerful there, that the Spirit, we are told, is not just with us, but the Spirit is in us. And, you know, this indwelling Spirit. And I think we're not, we haven't been um, formed and shaped enough to, to really know and reflect that, you know. And if we did really know it, how different maybe even this time of uncertainty would be. Um, if we really knew that the Spirit is in us, uh, in this in-between time when so much has crumbled and so much um, isn't dependable right now. So maybe we could start even just by, you know, becoming aware of what the Gospel is saying around that the Spirit is in us. And we're told you know, the Spirit dwells within us and brings us a peace that uh, in other Gospels we're told, uh, Jesus says, it's a peace the world cannot give. So even all those things that we thought were life itself, you know, our, our diaries and our planning and our structures and you know, I had my, uh, we had our diary full for the year, didn't we, Pat? Okay. And now they're, now they're empty. <laughs> and so it wasn't a very good investment to buy a 2020 diary. <laughs> and so those things that we thought were permanent, you know, um, but we're told that the spirit brings a peace that those things can't bring, that the world uh, can't bring. So even if we were to take a moment, you know, to think about what it would be like if we really trusted that indwelling spirit. You know, we would be set free from a lot, I think, a lot of our uh, anxieties. Um, and I think we would really feel more at home in our own skin. 
you know, be at home in ourselves and without so much competition or pushing or comparison or that exhausting, exhausted drive that we've all been living from. You know, we have been exhausted because we've been living in a culture of bigger, better, faster, and so on. We've been living in a culture of breaking speed limits. And at some level, that's all been stripped from us. And maybe it is a good time to fit in and to um, really become rooted in that spirit, in the core of our being. And when we trust the core of our being, we recognize that, you know, we have enough. We, we are enough. Yes, we are enough, even more importantly. And when we believe we are enough, we don't need to compete or to perform. So I'm going to just call out a few lines, just a very short little poem that I wrote there at the beginning of um, of lockdown. And it's, it's a few lines I've just called, fit in. So we might just sit in for a moment and let those few lines help us to become still. Sit in. Give up this sitting at life's edge. This begging, earning, proving to belong. Sit in full now. See how life supports you. But not with the things you bargained for. Sit in. Empty of those lists and plans, all made in desperation. The dizziness, the chains you wound around your soul, that squeezed you in behind the lie that they would keep you from uncertainty. Sit in. Breathe in until another voice emerges and calls your name, though faint at first, until shaky, like a newborn, an awkward step, and then another, while still unsure you stumble towards a way of life that begins to feel a lot like coming home. So those two lines, speaking, might help us, even in this reflection, you know, to think about um, how the spirit might indeed be offering an opportunity here to step off the treadmill of our our frantic lives and the way they have been. So the gospel tells us we will not be left as orphans. We will not be forgotten. We're carried, we're held. Now, there's a couple of lines in that gospel that have always bothered me. <laughs> and um, they say some, it says something like, if you keep my commandments. And I've always felt a bit disturbed by that word, if. 
you know, I remember in the past thinking, oh, God, not another conditional promise that we have to be good to be loved or we have to do the right things to be loved. And actually, it's not that at all. The deeper we've kind of gone into it, um, you know, it says, if you obey my commandments, the Father will come to you and so on. And it's actually not a condition. It's something like, you know, that there's this spirit that's indwelling in us. It's like, it's like a law of life. A law for life. And to bring life. Yeah. Mm. And we all, I, I suppose, we all know we have parts of us that turn away from life. Yeah. And then we don't grow. Then we don't grow. Yeah. And it's a bit like if you go to Florence to see the um, sunflowers, when the sun rises every morning, the sunflowers are in a position and they face the sun, they turn towards the sun. And as the sun tracks across the sky during the day, the sunflowers follow that track of the sun because they know instinctively somewhere inside them mm. that this is where they get their life from. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, like all of us, you will have some sunflowers who don't face the sun. And they're the ones that never thrive. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're weak. And the farmer comes along and he says, okay, let's take the sunflowers that are healthy and use them. And the other ones, look, we feed the cattle with them. So what you're saying is that this law of life is, is written into nature as well. Nature, to turn yeah. towards life, to turn towards the light. Um, but there's another pull in all of us. And it's in St. Paul says, you know, what is this inside me that I do the things I don't want to do and I end up not doing the things I want to do. But he recognized there was another law pulling him into sabotage and destruction and not following the way of the Spirit. So here the gospel says, if you obey, in other words, like you need to allow, we need to align ourselves with the Spirit because we could, we can, we can turn away from it as well and we can kind of feed ourselves with all sorts of things that don't bring life at all. And we have habits like that, especially in the mind, you know, mm. that Jesus is saying, peace I give you. I give you, I'm offering this peace to your heart. But I know I do things that, that rob peace in my life. Well, yeah, there are a number of things that can rob that peace. Um, rumination. Will you explain rumination? Rumination is like going back over something that we did um, and maybe criticize yourself and saying, if only I said this, if only I didn't say this. So it keeps us in the past and it keeps robbing us of the the peace in the present. Mm -hmm. And then that's that's known as rumination. Then we have another little thing that we do uh, that our brain does is called anticipatory anxiety. And what that is, is jumping into the future and anticipating things that could go wrong. And it's a bit like, you know, when you go upstairs and you're up at the top step of the stairs and you have no idea what you're there for. It's, it's one of those things, isn't it? Because your mind has gone ahead. Yeah. You're not there. You're not present. You're not present in the moment. Mm-hmm. And it robs itself of that magic time, mm-hmm. present moment. Mm-hmm. And of course, Social comparison, then, is another one 
that we all fall uh, victim to. And social comparisons is looking at the other people around us and thinking they have a better life than us. And this is very prevalent now in social media where we think we see people on social media and we see we see that they're having such a great time. Mm. You know. Yeah. But, but this is what's presented to us. Yeah. So there are the three biggies really, aren't there? Rumination, which is going back over and over and over and over the past, anticipatory anxiety, which is worrying and worrying and worrying about the future, and social comparisons, which is um uh, negatively comparing ourselves to others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we lose peace when we go down those roads. Mm-hmm. And of course, there are others. There are many other kind of sabotage things that we do. But there are three very uh, significant ones. And so um, the aligning ourselves with the spirit is something about, you know, being really present in the moment. Mm-hmm. And there are other ones, aren't there, you know, that help us to be aligned to the spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, as about counting our blessings is important. Yeah, and we're really aware of living fully in the present moment, uh, fostering social connections and communities, practicing the space that gives us meaning, and engagement in what contributes to the common good. And there are some of the things that kind of nourish the spirit, aren't they? Yeah, that kind of help us to grow, help yeah. us to grow. Yeah. So when the gospel says, you know, if you obey me, so I suppose what it's saying is, you know, we need certain practices and habits and to help us. You know what the word obey, actually, obedience is actually a Latin word and it actually means pay attention, listen. So obey doesn't mean do what you're told. It means pay attention. If you pay attention to the spirit, that's very different, isn't it, to do what you want. Pay attention to the spirit. Yeah. So there are certain things we can build into our lives to help us pay attention to the spirit, that help us nourish the spirit. And you've named some of them there, Pat, mm-hmm. already there. Um, and I think like psychology will tell us that, in fact, it tells us no, no matter what we own or achieve, and that can only contribute about 10% to our levels of happiness and life satisfaction. Mm. And, you know, people are really discovering that now in this time of lockdown. We've heard, you know, we both do counselling and we're doing, we can't do face-to-face counselling, now we do Zoom counselling and spiritual direction. And so many people have said to us that uh, now that they have no shocks to go to, that they have discovered that they need a lot less than they thought they needed. And they're content with a lot less. And so it does prove, you know, what you said, that uh, um, no matter what we own or achieve, it can only contribute to about 10% of our happiness. Mm-hmm. And then the other one is, um, do you remember one day a gardener came into our garden oh. and he said that uh, there's a rose out the front and he said, you know, it's not growing at all. It's oh. not thriving. And he said a few things. He said it's... Uh, it needs a bit of pot. Yeah. Um, it needs manure. Yeah. Can't see that around here. Yeah. And it needs a trellis for support. Yeah. And uh, a trellis is like a support structure that the trellis um, wasn't there to oppress 
the rose or to block it in any way, but to support the rose to grow towards the light. And um, because of what the gardener, we never employed him after actually that day he was too expensive. <laughs> but the one thing we did take away was that we all need a trellis. And in fact, out of that, I wrote a book called A Trellis for the Soul. And it's supposed to come out in March, but it's not going to be coming now until September, I think. Um, but the reason that I started writing about A Trellis for the Soul is that there are practices that we need to support us. And I think one of them is, there are a good few of them, but we picked two just for today. And one of them is prayer, and the other is gratitude. So maybe to look at prayer for a minute. So prayer isn't so much a kind of a, a climbing up. You know, sometimes we think resurrection is about going up. But, but prayer is more like a resting down into God. Resting down into the core of our being, where the Spirit of God dwells. And resting there. Deeply resting there. And letting some of the scaffolding fall away, as it is falling away. You know, those worries we have about what people think of us, public opinion, worrying about tomorrow. And instead, if we do this regularly, resting in the Spirit, we can become inwardly directed by the Spirit. We're guided by it. But more important, we're nourished and we discover who we are. And whose we are. And whose we are. So prayer, real prayer, isn't about give me this, give me that. If I do this, will you do that? It's not that. It's about resting deeply in the presence of God and recognizing that no matter what we lose and what externals we lose, that there is this, this promise inside. You know, Jesus never said we'll have a perfect life, but he did say, I will be with you always. I will not leave you orphaned, says in, in this gospel. And the, the poet Emily Dickens says, says that hope is a thing with feathers that rests in the heart. So the spirit is like a thing with feathers that rests in the heart. It's indwelling. And it fills us with life if we align ourselves with it. So the second practice um, that we might just reflect on briefly this morning is the practice of gratitude. And um, it's almost impossible to be depressed and grateful at the same time. It really protects us from depression. Gratitude for all the small little miracles. Small little miracles. And I think of um, Moses in the Old Testament, mm. uh, minding the sheep in the, in the desert. And something in him turned towards the mountain. And it invited him, the mountain invited him to go and see this wonderful sight of the saints. There was a wonderful sight. And he encountered the burning bush. And in that place, he encountered God. Yeah. So, that, that spirit inside him turned him towards the mountain, mm. called him towards the mountain. And gratitude is that. It's about turning towards the burning bushes, turning towards the blessings. And, you know, these days, the new growth around us, bird song can be heard more than it can ever have because of the absence of traffic. And there are the little miracles that maybe we, we rushed past when we were busy. And um, 
you know, there are like there are like little moments that can strengthen us and sustain us, even though it's a difficult time. So it's important, I think, for all of us, especially at the end of every day, to reflect back on the day uh, for the moments that strengthened us. So maybe before Pat sings a song uh, for us, um, just before he does, we might just take one moment, just again, to come into that uh, moment of stillness, just a moment of, of stillness. And what helps us to come into stillness is to let the mind kind of fall still and relax. And just to become aware the presence of God in you, the spirit dwelling in you. Just let that consciousness arise. The gospel we're told that it's a spirit of the world. It doesn't even recognize us. It lives deep within the heart. And in this time of uncertainty and unease, when we don't know what's happening next, just to relax that tendency to wanting to know, wanting to overplan, over worry, and just rest. And in the resting, to become aware of the blessings in your life. Become aware of all those that you ways that God is showing love and peace to you. The smallest little moment. So the song that we're going to finish with this morning, um, I first heard it about 20 years ago. And it became, the first line is, thank you for this precious day. And in itself, it's like a prayer. So I recorded it about two or three years ago. And so this morning we'll sing it. So thank you for this precious day. Yeah, and thank you. It's lovely to be sharing with you on this precious day, um, sharing this reflection with all of you. And maybe just before Pat sings, um, you might like to connect with us sometime, we do a, a free weekly reflection called Sabbath Space, taking a break now for the summer back mid-August, and it's a free resource every Sunday. And the email, uh, if you wanted to email up to keep in contact with us about that or any future reflections is... It's Patrick Sheehan, 1960, at gmail.com. Patrick Sheehan, 1960, at gmail.com. And that's a, a two E's in Sheehan, isn't it? S-H-W-E-H-A-N. Yes. So, um, lovely to be connecting with you, and we'll close with not singing. Thank you. Thank you for this precious day These gifts you give to me My heart so full of love for you Sings praise for all I see Oh, sing for every mother's love For every childhood tear 
Oh, sing for all the stars above The peace beyond all fear This is for the refugees The ones without a home A boat out on the ocean A city street alone Are they not some dear mother's child? Are they not you and I? Are we the ones to bear this shame and bear the sacrifice? Or are they just like falling leaves who give themselves away? From dust to dust, from sea to sheer, and to another day. If I could have one wish on earth, of all I can conceive, twould be to see another spring and bless the falling leaves. So thank you for this precious day, these gifts you give to me. So welcome back again to the third part of Sacred Space. My name is John Keeley, still joined by Shane Ambrose. And thanks again to Martina and Pat Sheehan for sharing that beautiful reflection with us this morning. Um, uh, Watching for the signs of the Spirit. So now we will try and do the same thing, uh, where we read and reflect on the Word of God. And before that, Shane's going to share a prayer. We always pray before reading and reflecting on Scripture. Thanks, Shane. Lord, we thank you for putting us in the presence of your Word, which you inspired in your prophets. May we approach this Word reverently, attentively, and humbly. May we not despise this Word, but receive all it has to say to us. We know that our hearts are closed, often incapable of comprehending the simplicity of your word. Send your spirit to us so that receiving the word in truth and simplicity, our lives may be transformed by it. Let us not be resistant, Lord. May your word penetrate us like a two-edged sword. May our hearts be open to it. Let not our eyes be closed nor our minds wander. But may we give ourselves entirely to this listening. We ask this, Father, in union with Mary, who used to recite the Psalms through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thanks for that, Shane. So the Gospel for today is for the sixth Sunday after Easter. It's taken again from the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verse 15 to 21. So Jesus said to his disciples, If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. I shall ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. The Spirit of truth whom the world can never receive, since it neither sees nor nor knows him. But you know him, and because he's he's with you, he's in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come back to you. In the short time, the world will no longer see me. But you will see me, because I live, and you will live. On On that day, you will understand that I'm in the Father, and in you, and you in me, and I in you. Anybody who receives my commandments and keeps them, will be the one who loves me. And anybody who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I shall love him and show myself to him. 
That's the gospel for today and for the sixth Sunday in, in uh, of Easter. The gospel of John again, Shane. Yeah, um, so we're continuing ref- going through what's called the final discourse. So this is this uh, in John's gospel. This is the this is the talk. This is the conversation. This is the sharing that happened at the Last Supper, and it's one of the it's it's one of the great discourses in John's gospel, which are set up around seven or eight of these kind of talks, presentations, whatever you want to call them. That's that's how John presents his gospel, but. John's Gospel, we've said it before, um, John, on the program, John's Gospel is definitely one that you need to take your time with. Like, I have to say, I was reading through this and I was kind of, I had to go back and start again and go back and start again. And I was kind of going, right, what exactly is he trying to say? The other challenge with reflecting on the Gospel of John that we're hearing over these weeks is the fact that it's broken up. Um, and we're only getting little snippets of it. So you're not quite sure where it is coming from necessarily straight before it or straight after it. So it's ever so slightly, it's as ever so slightly out of context as well, which makes it that bit much harder to, um, to, to, to get your head around. You know, like like this week's gospel now is 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 verses fifteen to twenty one. Um, so you kind of like to know well, what's in one to fifteen and what's after twenty one as well. So aside from that, looking at what it says to us this week and reflecting on it, I suppose um, it's kind of well, what's what's Jesus asking us and what's he saying to us? And he says, "If you love me, you will keep my commandments." That's the first line that's taken in this week's gospel. And do you know something? That's probably one that. In our modern world, it's probably gone, uh, I don't like that. Um, you know, we very much live in a society where we're autonomous and individual, generally. Now, obviously, current circumstances are probably encouraging people to reflect and reconsider that. But, you know, that famous expression of Margaret Thatcher in the 1980s that, you know, society is dead, we're all individuals. And we don't, sometimes, we don't like being told what to do. We're very. We like to say we're independent, and that line could jump, could jar with us in terms of our sense of who we think we are. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And what you know, and if we think about that, what does that mean? If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And it's like, wow, oh dear, oh God, okay. So it's that kind of. It poses a question. John's Gospel poses a very severe question to us in terms of our understanding of our own relationship with God and what we think it means and what actually the gospel says to us about it. And it's it calls for, you know, it says, you will keep my commandments. Now, there's different translations of that. Uh, it's interesting, We in when we use the, the Jerusalem Bible for, for lectionary readings, but you can also have ones where it talks about, you know, you will obey my commandments. And it's like, as 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 um, Martina said in part two of the program, obey actually comes from uh, a Latin term, which is actually to listen. And I, anytime someone says listen like that to me, when it, particularly in this kind of a context, I, I automatically think of the first line of the Rule of St. Benedict, which says, listen, my son, uh, give ear to my words. Uh, or sorry, to the psalm, I should say, rather, I beg your pardon. And uh, listen, O daughter, give ear to my words. So it's like we have to listen to and keep the commandments. And it says, well, what is the commandment? You know, Christ's commandment is love of God and love of neighbor. 
love as you know love your love your neighbor as yourself so it's it's an it's an interesting one that challenges this week but he says that this listening that we have to do we don't have to worry about trying to do it on our own because the next section of the, the scripture this week talks of this is where Jesus promises the advocate. He promises the gift of the Holy Spirit. And he's, you know, he's telling the apostles that you know, we've, we were trying to get our heads around the fact that he has this relationship with God the Father. And now he's telling us that, well, actually, there's God the Father, me, plus the Holy Spirit. And it's like, okay, so they're, they're, he's trying to get that across to the disciples to the apostles to say to them you will not be alone in trying to you know there will be there is something there is someone who will be there to help you to listen to the promptings of your heart to the promptings of my voice in how you live your life um you know it's you know you know it, it, it a world that cannot never receive it since it neither sees nor knows him but you know him because he is with you and he is in you and you know, it's that whole idea that links very much with things that, that Pope Francis talks about, which is being open to discerning the gift of the Spirit in our lives and where we're called to be and what we're called to be, as opposed to what we're called to do. Um, the other thing I suppose that struck me is that, that line, I will not leave you orphans, I will come back to you. And I suppose that echoes, I suppose, as well, what we were listening to last week, John, uh, in terms of last last Sunday's gospel, which spoke about um, trusting in God and trusting in Jesus, but it, you know, it's it, the first line was, uh, "Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God still, and trust in me." And that was interesting. I was listening to the mass in Glenstall on Sunday, and actually, the version of the gospel they had was um, was it was about, um, "Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God." And believe in me, which is a very you know slight nuance of, of of what we're called to do. But in this Sunday's gospel, you know, it's Jesus says, "I will not leave you orphans," and I think for us that's that's something that we have to think about, maybe reflect upon, and particularly at this time where we're kind of wondering what's going on in the world. You know, that it's very much a line for me this week that gives hope. Um, you know, and and a line that perhaps speaks to us where we stand at this moment in time. Um, you know, because that's what scripture is 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 is. It's not something that was just written two thousand years ago. What we believe is this is the word of God, this is the voice of the Lord that speaks to us in our present circumstances. Shane, thank you so much for that. So we're very fortunate this week. We've had Martina and Pat Sheen um, share their thoughts in part two and the gospel incorporated into their reflection and then Shane just shared his, his own. For myself this week, yeah, uh, just as Shane just said there just a few minutes ago, um, we're in the gospel. It says about the orphans, and I'm just, you know, I will not leave you orphans. I'll come back to you and in a short time, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live and you will live. Very encouraging words for myself. A great bit of hope for myself. Um, And we need that all the time. We need that hope. Jesus is telling us today, he won't abandon us. He won't forget us. And the world no longer sees Jesus because they don't accept his gospel message. They want to do their own thing. And we all know where that leads. But Jesus tells us we'll see him. But we'll see him through the eyes of faith. 
with the support of the Holy Spirit, we can live our lives and live out the gospel message as best we can. This always gives us hope, especially when we don't understand what life throws up at us sometimes. And of course, that's happening to us in these present times. In these uncertain times, we don't understand what's happening in the world. So, why don't we just ask Jesus to send his Holy Spirit to support and guide us on our journey? Maybe we can do that every morning. Maybe every morning we can just turn around and say, Holy Spirit, please come and support me and guide me throughout this day. And maybe as we as we finish off our day, included in our night prayer, could also say, thank you, thank you, Holy Spirit, for guiding me and supporting me during this day. Anyway, that brings us to the end of another programme this morning, this time for the sixth Sunday of Easter. We thank again um, Martina, Lahan Sheehan and, and Pat for sharing with us. And again, there, there. Um, Martina mentioned there in part two about this um, reflection that they offer each week, which is free. And we start to get back again in September. It's called Sabbath Space. I get it myself. It's a free email, and that's uh, so, so. If you want to actually email um, Patrick Sheehan to find out about this, it's Patrick Sheehan. That's Patrick S H E E H N. 1960 at gmail.com that's Patrick Sheehan 1960 at gmail.com so again thanks a lot for staying with us this morning hope you enjoyed the programme we'll try and do it all again next week in the meantime we'll go out with a final piece of music John Michael Talbot and this one is entitled not a bad one Surrender so myself and Shane until next week God bless you all now bye talk to you then bye
Oh. 